0: Well, hello and welcome to the JLA cast, or as you may have guessed from the slightly unconventional intro, not the JLA cast. Yeah, I am very sorry, folks, but it happened again and there is no episode this time around. Um, Please accept uh, sincere apologies from PJ and I. Uh, Or rather, mostly um, apologies from me because it's it's primarily my fault. Uh, Please don't blame PJ. Um, It's been a really, really busy month at Big Punch Studios. Uh, We've just come off the back of four conventions in five weeks, which have uh, completely obliterated my weekends. And um, while we had every, every... uh, every intention of getting an episode in um sadly uh it just didn't it just didn't work out and the one opportunity where we could have got an episode in uh is is a time where uh lucy and i are actually hoping to get away to just for a couple of days to actually recover because we've been running on absolute empty because of the spate of shows we've just been inflicting upon ourselves uh it's been a wonderful month um we've had some absolutely tremendous shows um uh, we also had one which was a little disappointing uh, for reasons which you will soon find out about if you continue listening. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it, but mostly mostly positive. In fact, I, I'd say overwhelmingly positive uh, to the point where uh, we, we, we're just kind of emotionally and physically drained because it's been so wonderful. Um, I really enjoy getting out to shows and meeting people. Uh, it does take its toll, however. So, again, apologies. Um uh, I hope uh, I hope you won't feel uh, 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 think too too badly of me uh, for for not making this happen. Um, PJ, on the other hand, is a wonderful, caring, and attentive host, and he was totally here for you all, even though I let you down. So I do apologise. Uh, in the meantime, as we've done with our previous failings, um, we have a guest episode. Uh, this time, it's another episode of the Long Con, uh, recorded uh, live in the studio at Big Bunch Studios uh, with uh, Nick and myself. And we've been talking a little bit about um, our feelings on the recent conventions and most pressingly the one which uh, was not quite as great. As the others, because uh, we had some thoughts we wanted to get off our off our back. So, if you uh, fancy hearing more of me and, uh, and and Nick chatting, please continue listening. Uh, hopefully, it will be entertaining. If you would prefer to wait until um, yeah your next regularly scheduled dose of JLA content, I will not be offended if you turn off now. Um, thank you again for listening to the JLA JLA Cask. I very much hope you're enjoying our uh, trip through jla year one pj and i certainly are and we're looking forward to getting back on that soon so again uh very sorry to have let you down uh hope you enjoy this um frankly mediocre fill-in episode because how could it be without how could it be excellent without pj here and um we will be back soon um keep watching the skies
1: well we're back we're back we're back in the room we're back from a series of adventures that were basically us not sitting in a darkened room making yes. things,
0: as we normally do. I can't actually remember when we last recorded one of these.
1: Was it the AI one?
0: I think it was. I think but it was yeah. our scormer of an AI episode. Yeah,
1: and actually, we won't get into that now, but I've got more thoughts on AI since then, and it's developed... <laughs> insanely since then but we'll save that for another time yeah what's,
0: what's kind of fun is that like I think our podcast put the whole issue to, to bed I think we finished and, it yeah but really yeah. and thankfully this went away
1: yeah just, <laughs> there's been really nothing left to talk about there's just nothing left to say which is great that's great news
0: um, what I like about you referring to it as an adventure is that adventures uh, by definition are not necessarily uh, delightful good yeah
1: uh, sometimes we, people die or, or Or are in great peril. Indeed. And maybe financial peril is a way financial. to... <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> uh, there have been
0: undeniable highs. Victories. Of the last last five weeks. Indeed. Uh, there have also been uh, lows, mostly immediately after the highs. I, uh, so to
1: clarify, I guess, we've been doing conventions. A lot of them. It's kind of... We're kind of past this very focused, like, saturated period of conventions, which we would like to call sort of con season, I yes. guess. Yes. Um, but there are still more to come this year, but they're a bit more spaced out now.
0: Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. so we, uh, we have done... Well, I did one more than you. You did. But I've done... Because it's a competition. Four cons in five weeks. Yeah. And you did... Uh, three. Three in four. Sure. Yeah. Either way. I'll accept that. Either way, they're pretty big. Yeah. And I feel like we've had busy months in past years? Yeah. This one feels particularly, this, this one has felt particularly hard somehow. Yeah, like and really I can't decide
1: punishing. whether it, it, it is literally more punishing or whether we're just older and we can't deal with things anymore. Which is alarming, isn't it?
0: Because yeah. there's a bell-shaped curve here. And uh, <laughs>
1: if we've hit this point, at uh, this
0: point in our careers and the next... It's 20, all downhill from me. Yeah, it's going to
1: be pretty rough, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in sequence we had MCM London. Yes, which is the big one. Yes, the huge one in May. Yeah. And that's a massive show in the Excel Center over three days, which technically is four
0: for us because we go up on the Thursday Indeed. to do set up yes. in, in the Excel Center. So we're
1: away for four days. We're staying in a hotel. Yes. We're working basically nonstop all day long. Yeah, very long days, like 9 a.m. till 7 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, relentless. And, and the thing about conventions and why they can be so exhausting is that you're selling so you set up your table, you, you present all your work in the, in the most beautiful way we can. And I think we really did make our most beautiful stand we've ever made to date. It was our best stand Yes, yet. it looked fantastic. Very proud of it. Yeah. Um, and then all day long, you are selling, you are you know, putting a smiley face on, you're like, hey, you're doing the pitch, you do the elevator pitch over and over and over again for the books that people come over having never seen it before. Yeah. And you sell. And you sell. We, our way of selling is basically be friendly, be chatty, answer questions, but never be that pushy. Yeah.
0: And it was a really good show.
1: Yeah, it was a really good show. It was an amazing uh, show.
0: We always love MCM, uh, despite some of the difficulties that can come with exhibiting, Mm. you know, uh, which we've talked about in the past, I think. Um, But uh, it's a good audience. We know the audience. We know people seem to like our scuff there. We had uh, our best ever show ever last October. We did. Which was fantastic. At an MCM. So, like, this was kind of like... Disappointing is the wrong word. It's almost like we go, oh man, this show wasn't quite as good no. as that previous one, but also
1: it was really good, and it was like, also better than every other show. So it yeah. therefore, you know, it gravitated to second place, where first place was this incredible like achievement last yeah. year, and we were you know pounds in many ways away. Oh from yeah, that.
0: and it's a thing where we went with like we really, really thought about the stuff we were bringing. We really thought about how the table was going to look. We gave yeah. our display a lot of thought. Yeah. Which we always give it some thought, but we gave it like a load of thought Well, we've this always
1: we've previously always had to plan for shows alongside our day jobs. Yes. So doing any sort of major planning, strategic planning preparation has, you know, buying specific things has always been really difficult because we we you're spending all week working and then suddenly it's like, oh crap, there's a show. And yes. so normally we would, you know, we would do our best, but we'd normally be on the back foot to some degree. This was the first proper show, big show. Post being full time doing our thing, and we we jumped on that. We yes, took, we took an opportunity to make it as good as we could by by prepping, and yeah. I think it was our best. And I think
0: I think it paid off. And I think I think it, it did. We got a. Load of uh,
1: really positive comments. I think we kind Mm. of caught caught people's eye with how good the the space looked. Because this is a wild thing. Like I, I feel like every show we make minuscule changes. Yeah. So it's like we slightly improve a tablecloth, we slightly improve a banner, whatever. You know, we tweak how things are laid out on the table, whatever. And every show is a is a sort of small step towards getting better. And every show we see what someone else is doing, we learn from that and we tweak our. But this show we had a lot. And and by I mean, by a factor, lot more like um, comments of people going, your oh, stand looks really really good. Whereas previously we didn't really get that many comments like that. So we've clearly th- crossed some sort of threshold. Yes, I here. don't I, and, <laughs> I, and I don't know whether it's like it
0: genuinely it genuinely was like wildly better mm. or whether like we've hit some kind of like we've like we've leveled up yeah you know like like you've done this and we're now in the platinum section we've, yeah we've done <laughs> this for so long that something just kind of a switch flicked ticked in over everyone's brain exactly
1: yeah. and i think it kind of is something like that it because be. because i think like when you make small changes to something everyone goes yeah it kind of looks better but i couldn't say why but then when you cross that point of whatever that x factor is but this is what you know this is what all aesthetic Kind of trades are searching for, isn't it? That X factor where their brand suddenly looks good to the point that people trust it, and buy it, and buy yeah. into it. No one really knows where that threshold is, but you know when you've crossed it. And I don't know. It feels a little bit like we crossed it at this show because of all these comments. And yeah, okay. So it wasn't our biggest show ever, but also we did take a reduced offering yeah. on the basis of trying to spotlight products. I think it's time. so weird because we keep we keep caveating
0: it by going like, oh yeah, it wasn't our biggest show ever, but like it was a really good, <laughs> it show was like, it was a fantastic show, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I enjoy it. Like, I really, I really enjoy. It as I enjoy well. MCM. Yeah, I think when we got to the Sunday. Uh, when we got to Sunday evening like it really hit me hard yes. I think I was knackered and my eyes went funny which doesn't often happen but no. like, I was, had like a bit of so you thankfully drove us home yeah which was but great. you'd driven
1: us there so to be fair it was only fair that yeah so
0: really there. you owed me I, re- I did yeah, your life yeah. my life in fact I can't remember exactly the point I broke I think I broke a <laughs> couple of times in that month because I'd done a show before MCM which was a really niche event do you want to talk about that? uh <laughs> Yes, we could... We Yeah, so it was a uh, Sonic the Comic, put a pin in that, yep. convention, Yes. celebrating 30 years of the comic. Right. Which was itself... Well, no, no, sorry. 30, 30th anniversary of the comic starting. The comic has not been going for 30 years. As was about to caveat. That's yeah. very important. So it is a... Uh, it was a UK-only... Lice, officially licensed Sonic the Hedgehog comic that of course kind of came out in 1992 uh, I believe mm. was the first issue um, was weirdly influential mm. I think there's a bunch of people our kind of age people in like their mid 30s mid to late 30s older Slightly younger, who really remember this.
1: It was sort of remarkably imaginative for what it was. Yes, wasn't it? They indeed. were. They were. They were landed with an IP and a character that really had very little. Yes, and they built a whole world and a whole lore that is. There isn't you know, official Sonic the Hedgehog law, but it was officially sanctioned by Sega.
0: Yes, and because, Se- and because Sega just apparently were not really policing this. They had, like, astonishing no. freedom. To well, do- this is
1: back in the day, isn't it, of IP Wild West, like, yeah. where, you know, Nintendo were letting people do stuff with Zelda and Mario, which they regret now, yes. obviously. But yes, this was a similar sort of time. And it just,
0: like... I, it was really influential for me. It's the reason I kind of started making comics. Yeah. Because I read this in primary school, loved it, made a cheap knockoff of it with my friends. <laughs> ironically enough, which was called Big Punch. There we go. There you go. That's that's, where the na- or, that's our origin That's story. where the name came from because you showed these to you and you actually liked the name and were like, oh, we could run with we that. We could use that. We could use that. Yeah. Heritage, you see. Um, and that was a really, really uh, strange event. I, I'll be like... It was very niche. Yes. And uh, I think the pivotal moment is when I'm there as a vendor, Mm. and there aren't many vendors because it's not a massively big show. No. And let's be honest, the real draw is seeing the celebrity artists who drew it back in the day. Yeah. Who were idols
1: to us as children. And in the kindest possible way are just a bunch of old men now. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, They're all
0: in their 60s or or upwards, you know. Yeah. Uh, And, uh... So I'm there selling after I think, you know, and a a very nice couple came by the table and the guy said, I I want to ask you a question. He said, I don't want to seem rude, but why are you here? (laughs) And I was like, that's not. I'd
1: love to know what you answered this question.
0: And I said, I said, you know, no, no, that is not rude. That is an excellent question. I said, the reason I'm here is that I I wasn't originally going to come because I didn't know it was happening. And then a friend of mine said, do you want to come? And I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna go, because I've got convention brain, yeah, I I don't think I could go to a convention now, not as a vendor. I'm not
1: sure how you're supposed to. I don't understand. Customer, I yeah. don't know how you're supposed to do that.
0: But yeah, I know it doesn't make it, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll go if I can sell some stuff. Yeah, you know, and then I'll, I'll get to meet some of these people I admired back in the day. And if I shift like two books,
1: there is another connection as well, of course. Yes, that one of those old men artists... <laughs>
0: He's old men. Actually, I, I swear <laughs> there's a
1: nicer way of putting that. No, yeah. no probably not. No. W- has done some work for Athletic. Mm. So there is actually deep connective DNA between Sonic Comic and after, I think. Yes, incredibly. So uh,
0: Rich Elson, who was the big Superstar artist back in the day, uh, I randomly ended up chatting to him mm. like years ago. Years yeah, ago. Yeah, online. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, God... God knows how I found it because I was like a... But I found his contact details online. I was like some snotty university student. I just messaged him and said how much his work meant to me. Mm. And we just had like a few random conversations like back and forth. And he was astonishingly kind and gave me, frankly, more time than I think I probably deserved. And we just kind of kept like a like an internet friendship going. Mm. Where like we weren't chatting like every day. We were barely chatting every year. But you'd occasionally just like drop in and say hello or something mm. like that. But he ended up doing a uh, uh, an illustration for After I Think Volume 4, mm-hmm. which is a real honour. And he wrote the forward for After I Think Volume 4, mm, yes, which was great. Indeed, yeah. And uh, also when I ended up writing for... Um, a video game project by our friend Sam, Mm -hmm. developer known as Freakzone Games, when he made a game called Spectacular Sparky, which I wrote, through my connections to Rich, we got Rich in to do uh, an illustration for the game, which looks great. Yeah. So there's a kind of like, there's a connective tissue there. And uh, I was going to go to this convention with Sam uh, because he invited, he said, do you want to go? I was like, yeah, all right. And then for many reasons, Sam couldn't make it anymore. So I was now like, oh man, I was going to go to a show which I had like, I'm now going to a show that I had no plans on going to originally and I'm going to be flying solo. But um, the the silver lining was I ended up being courier, chauffeur. That's right, chauffeur. Chauffeur, yeah. chauffeur is a better word. For Rich Elson to and from the event, which was lovely. Yeah, because,
1: you ended up spending hours with him in a car.
0: Because uh, uh, I will be charitable here and I won't go into details, but I will say that the show had issues behind the scenes. Yes. Where, which were sadly very public issues, because everything private went public, where a lot of the organisers had a very public falling out with each other. Mm. And amidst this confusion, uh, a few things slipped through the cracks, maybe, including like travel plans and the like.
1: Including getting their uh, top headline guests to the you
0: <laughs> yeah I'm trying very hard to be true. I, I know I'm trying so hard to be diplomatic <laughs> here but um, yeah so anyway so the point is uh, I went to a show which I hadn't planned on going to no. it was a strange little show but some good stuff came out of it because I got to hang out with some very nice people yes. which was lovely and, and like, legends
1: in the comic industry uh, yeah which was really which was really nice like mm. a lot
0: of good came out of it but then off the back of that we go to MCM then we go to MCM which is time. massive huge then. then we go to UK Games Expo.
1: Yes. Now, this is a huge uh, UK-based, obviously, show for tabletop gaming, based in the NEC. Oh. Um, three days. Three days again. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three days. Again, with setup set up on Thursday, but it's not as bad, because we go home in between each day, because Birmingham's not that far from where we live. Yes. So, Which is a choice we make. So we... We, we could have got a hotel. Yeah. And maybe that would have... We would have
0: been less exhausted. But maybe.
1: But then again, we had a hotel for MCM, and we were still exhausted. Yeah. So, that's true. Yeah, who yeah. knows? Um, and we would have eaten into our profits, obviously. Um, so yeah and that was a great show fantastic well that was our best ever show and that transcended and became our best ever show and that's remarkable to say because we only took Sandwich Masters Yeah. whereas MCM we had Sandwich Masters and two comics Mm. because we'd chosen and our our previous best show in October we had loads of comics and Sandwich Masters Yeah. this time obviously it's a game show we're not going to sell comics at a game show but we decided to make an entire stand Just for Sandwich Masters, because then people can play it at the stand and just buy. And that alone, one product line, beat all of our records. Yes. Which we're very, very proud of.
0: Yeah, because it went from being like, oh, wow, this is our best UK Games Expo ever, to then just being, oh, no, this is our best show our ever straight up best show but regardless ever. of whether it's
1: comics, games yeah. it was remarkable It was. So. I think it was something like the best attended UK Games Expo of all time yes. uh, it was also yeah our best games expo as well by extension it was just a brilliant brilliant show
0: but this is what I mean about like breaking down I can't remember when I broke uh, it happened uh, I remember after one of the shows and I really can't remember whether it was MCM I think it might be an MCM I remember just like scaring at myself in the bathroom with, mirror and like literally <laughs> just looking like like death i i just think like good god like you you look awful like being so tired i could cry Mm. you know and and just kind of collapsing and i think that kind of background exhaustion has taken like a while yeah still not entirely there probably but it's getting better
1: i think so yeah Yeah. because like days after um that you get back from the show you've had you know you've had multiple lions you've had you've had lighter days in order to recover from this insane experience And you're still tired. Well, you're trying to have lighter days. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to. There's stuff that's still got to be done. Still got to get done, yeah. But yeah, like it's it's wild how long the exhaustion lasts.
0: And coupled with everything, on the Friday of UK Games Expo, I got out of bed. I was all set to come to the show. Oh, yeah. And I got a truly awful call from my family, uh, which was that my family dog. Uh, had to be put down yeah so i didn't actually come on a friday
1: no very last minute because we set up together on a thursday came yeah. home and then yeah last kind of last minute you're like shit guys i'm not coming yeah which is always
0: delightful like yeah. on top of everything to have to go and do that it was really really miserable yeah um,
1: and that was going to be the one day we had all four of us wasn't it basically yes so, uh, no it was only going
0: to be three of us lucy wasn't going to come oh that's right but lucy then did come lucy because, subbed in because yes, i couldn't that's right uh, yeah that's right. so 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 again, like uh, th- right off the bat, like three weeks, two weeks, incredibly physically, emotionally taxing, Draining. but great. But great. But like, like you know, you know kind Sonic of, the Comic yeah. Con,
1: great for networking for you. Wonderful. Uh, MCM London, great stand, people commenting on the stand, and also proof that our new uh, product spotlighting system yeah, it's works. Just, just a good show. And then Games Expo, just an incredibly financially good show, and proof that Sandwich Masters has this incredible selling power. Yes. Three incredible shows in a row. Uh,
0: Amazing. And to round it out, because this is a year of experimentation, to round it out, we were like, we're going to try some new shows this year. Yes. So we did Megacon. We did Megacon in March. Which was powerfully underwhelming. Yes. Uh, So much so that we're kind of questioning whether we will engage with their brand again indeed we're we're
1: we're we're not saying no we're not saying no but the footfall was very very underwhelming and therefore i think the marketing of the show was lacking
0: and also the anecdotal evidence that we are receiving from fellow exhibitors is that well it was worse last year so this is a slight improvement slight growth but also like we saw some exhibitors at megacon
1: almost in tears yeah At how bad certain things were and that's not great at all. That's not great. And also that there is the eternal question of there's only space for so many cons in a year, particularly the large scale ones, the ones in the NEC or the or the excel center like you could, we used to do some of the smaller cons the hotel based ones the, the the little sort of Londony crafty almost zany yeah. kind of fairy ones i used to do some stuff like that back in the day and there's probably always going to be a place for those because they're kind of more local shows yes yeah but people travel to the excel center people travel to the nec for these big three-day weekends to and they get hotels and and, and it's a, it's a big affair and i don't think there's that much space for multiple ones of those well no and, and also like uh, you your
0: time is valuable yes you know whether and your money is whether, well. Well, yeah whether you're <laughs> starting out or you're more uh, established or whatever it's like you're going to be paying one way or another you're either paying in money or you're paying in exhaustion yes so like indeed. you've got to be selective in how you do shows
1: yeah both from a customer and executive yeah. perspective yeah yeah but
0: because like we're now we have a bit you and I have a bit more time because we're you know the way we work now we don't have day jobs so we're like okay so there's a bit of space we can yeah we can jam more shows in <laughs> uh, so we took a pun and we went for a completely new show to round out this insane month which was an anime convention yes now we've never done an anime show before no
1: and it's quite literally called anime con yeah like it's, it's up, up front anime con it's and very clear for those that don't know anime is is Japanese animation mm. so you know the, the it's it's kind of a weird t- title in a way but it's become somewhat of a genre in a way which, which you know isn't necessarily right or, or objectively true but anime is a kind of story animated story that comes out of Japan yes and it's cultivated a very specific culture around it in, the, in this country and in the west yeah so I think
0: I'm I, I just I'm assuming that anybody listening to this has in some way some interaction or it. they might not to be honest they might not and, 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 and this is the thing like you do try to you know if you ever would try and explain what you do to people uh, it's hard enough explaining comics oh, yeah and the culture around comics um manga and anime is is is, is a power it's a
1: powerful culture in itself, yeah, and it, it is like another world it is um and the reasoning behind our attending this is because i more than you but we have consumed anime yeah. and, and manga yeah. i I'm a regular consumer of some manga stories, and uh some of our work has taken influence from that stuff yeah you know well uh,
0: some of the logic being is that if you go to m c m yeah, and this is what a lot of um it's often a criticism against uh, uh, um, against MCM. is that it's not really about comics.
1: No, it causes itself a comic con. Yeah. But if anything, it's a celebration of pop culture. Yeah.
0: Generally. Which is what kind of comic cons have become. And I, we're kind of acceptant of that. And I think once upon a time, MCM may have stood for movies, comics, manga. Yeah. I'm not sure. No. But it's like... Uh, it doesn't stand for that anymore. You can... If you go to... I imagine if you go to any... Uh, American comic convention, I think you're just as likely, if not more likely, to see, for example, cosplay yeah. of an anime character yeah. than uh, a Western comics
1: character. Agreed. Yeah. But this is fine. Like, they all go hand in hand. And they've become these big, just big explosions of everything pop culture. And that means comics have a place and that means like manga has a place and that means video games yeah. and movies and animation and everything yeah. has a place. Because even if MCM, say
0: is just a pop culture convention. We love it. Yeah. We do well it. And we there. do well at it. Because I think there's this overlap where our stuff is generally quite energetic, quite colourful. Yes. We think it kind of connects with those audiences, whether people are looking for a comic or just looking for something new.
1: Sort of across the board. Yeah. It's it's just got the quality of a pop culture cool thing that people would like.
0: So our decision to go to an anime convention, while a bit left field...
1: Was based on the same reason. Was not entirely... No. ...flawed. And we were very much of the belief... That it would be, it would be a similar sort of experience. Yeah, okay, it'd be more focused on the Japanese stories and, and manga and anime, but it would probably also have that same generic in the yeah. same way that Comic Con isn't just comics. Anime Con wouldn't just be anime.
0: Like hundred percent, you're not going to get like a Judge Dread comic. Yeah. there. But you might get, might see some Superman, might, might some see some Spider-Man. Batman, a bit of Spider Man. Yeah, you know, uh, and because, uh, yeah, yeah, bright is colourful.
1: An Anime Con was selling manga, and that's not anime.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what we found, however. <laughs> uh, is, well, it's twofold really, isn't it? It's like one, uh, it, okay, t- two issues here. One, would our stuff connect with that audience? Two, is the convention itself actually good, fun, generally, generally delightful? Yeah. Uh, I would say the answer to issue one is... No, our no. scuff did not connect at all. <laughs> and the exit number two is that... Okay, so it could have been a great show, but our scuff could have not connected. However, on top of our scuff not really connecting with people... It also uh, wasn't a great show. And so much so that we actually felt it was almost a little seedy. Yeah. Almost a little kind of like we'd scratched the surface of something weirder. Like, well, we felt like we'd landed on another planet, which is fine. Yeah, but have felt like that before, but it was just a bit, like it left an odd taste in the mouth. Kind of like a bit like, oh, hang on, this is odd.
1: Yeah, I think, so to address your two points, because I think that's quite yeah. apt actually, those two points. To address the first point, and this is if anything the smaller one of the yeah. two, is this idea that we, uh, we weren't in the right place and people weren't wanting yeah. to... Con- there, there was no crossover with what no. we were offering and what they were there for and this despite being true and objectively true i still kind of object to it yeah. overall uh, maybe i'm maybe i'm just a sore loser i don't know but the point is is that stories are stories and yeah. comic stories stories on the page illustrated stories on the page sequentially it shouldn't matter really what country those come from they are all stories on the page they're all comics you know whether it's a french comic a japanese comic or a western comic they are all comics yes and truly really if you are a fan of more more kind of genre, exciting, dynamic stories, and particularly if you're a fan of comics, I would have thought, slash hoped, because I, I embody this principle, that if you see something that looks cool, it doesn't matter whether you've seen it before, doesn't matter whether it's from Japan. If it looks cool, you might want to buy it. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. And that's really why, even now, I still think that's what should have happened. That's, what, that's why we should have sold at this show. The reality was that... People were only there, it seems, to buy things that they already recognised. Yes. And this is the sort of problem at the heart of this this deep, 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 blinkered fandom, I think, which is when you love anime, you only buy anime. You're not fans of stories. You're not fans of colourful, kinetic, uh, uh, extravagant adventures. That's not what you're a fan of. You're a fan of Demon Slayer, and that's it. Yeah.
0: And I think you could say... Perhaps rightly, this is sour grapes. You're just bitter because your stuff didn't didn't sell. Maybe. Uh, And we sold a handful of things, you know. But it's not really really comparable to a show that would be worth our time. Not at all. But it's also like, there is an element of... It's hard not to get frustrated. Like, it'd be a different matter if, say, maybe our neighbour... Had like our, our table neighbour, had been selling an original comic as well. But that stuff had really connected.
1: If that had happened, mm. I would eat my words instantly. Yeah. Now the, we, mm. the problem is, from our table, we could see two other original stories. Mm. And those other two were actually markedly different from ours in the sense that they actually presented themselves like Japanese manga. They called themselves original mangas. They also had no customers yeah. the entire weekend.
0: And you could see... And this is the thing where... This is kind of like it added to the frustration and the kind of general disappointment with the event, maybe yes. on more of like a spiritual level. Yeah. Because it was weird to see such a closed-minded audience, yeah. actually. that it was just this kind of like... You could see the you could see the brain you could see the cogs working. You could
1: see them because yeah. our stand looked as good as the MCM stand. Yeah, so it would catch the eye a lot. We'd yeah. see people there were there were hundreds if not thousands of people there. You would see them walk past the table and their eye would be drawn to it, and then you'd see the cogs like you say spin in their head, and their brain is scanning for Naruto, scanning for Attack on Titan, scanning for Demon Slayer. These are all yeah. you know, manga titles, anime titles. And then their brain doesn't get a single checkbox from any of those, and so you see them turn and walk away. And yeah. we even had someone come to the table and go, "Oh, um, what's this?" And then I go, "Oh, these are original comics that we created. Oh, right, th- you made these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay." And then they turn and walk away yeah. because they're not here for that. They're literally not here yeah. for that.
0: And I, I, I saw conversations. I saw people walk past the table. You see their yes. eyes. They read the banner and they mouth and they go, "Afterlife Ink." Actually, they call it Afterlife because they no one it pronounces afterlife. the name. They go Afterlife no, I don't know
1: that, and yeah. then walked away. Like, or, no, the, I've never heard of yeah, that. Yeah, like, literally, literally, like... it was like and not knowing it, no. never having heard of it, is apparently a problem. Yes. And, they, and this is the wild thing, because people might go, oh, it's sour grapes, Nick. Your stuff just wasn't catching the eye and stuff. But it's like, no, my point is, is that, like, if... I, I, I like exploring stuff I don't know. I like finding stories I haven't seen before. If anything, I'm hungrier for stuff that I've never seen before than I am for stuff I already have. Yeah. That's kind of a problem. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it... And I think it, it's... I, it seems like this kind of this is the thing that frustrates me and you see this we've seen this a lot but like it never was it clearer here mm. it's just kind of like complete disconnect in the eyes of certain consumers between how ideas are formed and how stuff is made yeah so true because it's like you could have two books on a table that are each of exact same quality ambition finish imagination colour oh god they look amazing yeah but if one of them doesn't have a series on Crunchyroll, <laughs> it doesn't exist? Yes. It's like this kind of like, you can only get told what to like. Yeah. By this this narrow window of what's what's the latest, what is the latest anime yes. from, you know, the,
1: this season's anime. If I you, like that because it is anime. If you're an anime fan, it's because you know what the latest anime that are good and are to like are. Yes. You know, and yes. it's like, I, I know I'm kind of putting on a voice there and kind of taking the piss, but it's like, That is kind of what we're talking about here. I see videos on YouTube that are like... The, the next season's upcoming animes to watch, the hot animes to watch in, in like, I don't know, Q3, 2023. And it's like, I don't understand why we're segregating. These are just stories. Yeah. Like, you could just say, the next cool uh, TV shows that are coming out, and one of them might be an Apple TV show, one of them might be a Netflix show, and one of them might be an yeah. anime. I don't understand why, and we do do this, we segregate into anime, and the reason is, is because there are people out there who have self-declared themselves and, and made it part of their identity that they are an anime fan. Yes, and I don't think
0: that... I- that's, that had never been more apparent than at this show. Yes. Uh, I think
1: I'd always kind of known it, but I yeah. thought, oh, it, can't be, it can't be that egregious. It can't be that no. objective. Because it's, it's a medium, not a yes, genre. exactly. And yet, it is kind of a genre. It is kind of a genre. Yeah. Because many, many, you know, I'd say 99% of animes are made to a sort of formula, to a template, incredibly tropey, follow the same tropes. And there are a handful of those that I like, and there are a handful of those that break those rules, and they're very rare. Yeah. And I like those as well. But most of them do follow this cookie cutter template, and I think this is where we get
0: to the second issue with the show. Absolutely. And, and again, like if if our stuff just hadn't been selling, but the show had been this vibrant uh, array of exciting things, of dynamic art, creativity, integrity, it would have been lovely. The disgusting element, and this, and it, it really felt grimy. Yes. Was the fact that if if Trading Scandals had done a sweep of this school... This I, show. Uh, sorry, this show. I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that 98% of tables would have had all their scotch removed. 100%. Like, the copyright infringement at this event... Blatant. ...was widespread, institutional, I would say. Yep. It is so integral to the community.
1: The that, only... The, yeah. the The predominant offering this show had... Yeah. ...was of people creating art of characters and IPs they do not own. Yes. And that was complicit in the creation of the show because they know full well that if they did an anime con uh, and, and, and truly abided by law, a copyright law, an IP law... Then they would only be able to have vendors selling anime content legitimately, yeah. and that would reduce the number of stalls potentially yeah. to about four, maybe less. You'd have Waterstone selling their official manga stock. You would maybe have, uh, you'd maybe fly over a mangaka from Japan yeah. who would have some piles of books, but that'd be hard to do. So you'd maybe get one or two of those, yeah. um, and then maybe you'd get like one of the big anime studios having selling DVDs on their table. Yeah, that would probably be it. Yes, anime Con purely exists and is predicated on the idea that there will be a hundred vendors selling illegal fan art of characters they do not own and and let's and
0: so they had the hall was kind of roughly divided in half yes uh roughly and so on one half you had the artist area where which was kind of smaller tables uh all um uh
1: you know the artists yes subsidized uh cheaper tables people who uh, maybe are a bit younger than us uh maybe starting out in their artistic journey certainly their business artistic journeys selling Things that they joined and made.
0: Selling arcs and merchandise. Yes. So, and on the other half was kind of dealers and vendors running the gamut from uh, kind of like us, kind of like slightly larger groups. Um, more legitimate businesses, selling, shall we say. Selling arcs, but on a more industrial level. Yeah. Like the kind of like, we, we have a thousand prints of every character you could ever dream of. And then all the way through to, uh, we're just selling merchandise. Yes. So literally the enti- it ran the entire gamut. There's something for everyone here. The entire gamut of copyright infringement. Yeah. Where it is, I have drawn uh your favorite character in my own style. Yep. And you can buy it. Uh I am here with literally a thousand different prints, all in one style. Yep. But they are of um
1: Again, every every character, character
0: under the sun. And then it gets a little more questionable. Did they draw it? Did they not? Whether they drew it, they also printed off copies of it on on an industrial level, which starts to get a bit more questionable. We then have the tables which are selling art prints, but in a thousand different styles. Yeah, which proves that they didn't draw it. Proves they didn't draw it. Then you've got the ones that are just selling official artwork. Well, no, sorry.
1: (laughs) They are, yeah, taking a screenshot of an anime or taking a scan of a page of a manga, and then they're just printing that out. They are, yeah, as in like, that
0: is quote-unquote, official artwork from One Piece. That is, quote-unquote, official artwork from Naruto. Now, is it official? Is it officially here? No, it's not licensed. No. And then finally, you have, um, we're just selling wholesale uh, Chinese bootleg Yes. Uh, uh merchandise.
1: Now, with the yeah. merchandise stands, there's a very slight chance that some of them have legally acquired as a retailer. Yeah. merchandise. There some, was one yeah. stand that very proudly at the top of its thing said "100 official merchandise." Okay, well, right? wow, so, so amazing! So I haven't seen that. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, maybe. Yeah. it could be a lie. Still. Yeah, I mean, who the yeah, hell? Who knows? Who's but all you'd it, yeah. have to do is you'd have to, you know, follow the retail channels, acquire it probably through shipping from China, uh, from the various, you know, suppliers, and then yeah, you can put an RRP on it and sell it. That's legal. That's yeah. legitimate. There were, however, definitely merchandise stands that had maybe a plushie of Pikachu and he looked a bit boz-eyed. And when you see that, you know it's not an official Pokemon uh, yeah. product and already you're like, okay, well, we're deep in bootleg territory
0: Or you get those ones where you're like, this is a decent enough product for what it is. Like if you want to buy a handbag that looks like a Pokeball, yes, you yes. go like, well, look, it's not like... That looks pretty good. It's not like, this is not a designer piece of kit, but it's like, it's 20 quid, it's decent enough, it's pleather. Yeah, you know that'll ask me and it'll look good but then like,
1: you're like that wasn't licensed though no so, it's clearly not licensed but... so maybe someone set up an Etsy shop and they're like I'm, I'm the nerdy leather worker and that's their thing <laughs> right? I'm the nerdy nerdy leather crafter person that's their whole shtick yeah and then they make uh, leather bags and they make one of a Pokeball and they make one of the Triforce and Zelda and they make one of the Demon Slayer logo you yeah. know and it's like well hang on though that is just you don't have permission to use any of those no, IPs no. That's fan art. Yeah. Even though it's in, a, in the format of a leather handbag, still fan art.
0: Yeah. And I I discovered after the fact that in the official um, uh, exhibitor's manual, yes. which was given out to us, there is a whole section on bootlegging. Right. And it very clearly says that anything that inf- uh, uh, infringes on someone's copyright will not be permitted and only official merchandise is allowed at the show. Right. Which is so aggressively not the reality no they don't like, police it at all. like it, it's actually kind of embarrassing yes uh, because if they did and if an anime convention actually police this they wouldn't have a show no and because, they know that because there'd be nothing no. there'd be nothing at the tables and it and for lack of a better word I, I really can't think it was I felt dirty yeah I really felt like I was like privy to this kind of like
1: I know well it's got a grey area it's illegal people so I was yeah. going to say this because like fan art it's treated like a grey area. Yeah. So all the people who are selling their fan art this show, and, and as you said, like 98% of the stands were doing that, I, I imagine all of them haven't even begun the thought process of thinking whether or not this is a grey area, whether yeah. it's legal. They are literally operating on the idea that I can do this. Yeah. In, in as much as I could draw whatever I want, I could draw a chicken in a cowboy hat, I could also draw Naruto in my style yeah. and sell it. And, and they, they are just so... Woefully unaware, or ignorant, or deliberately ignorant—I don't know which—but I think most of them probably just don't know yeah. that this is that this is in any way an issue. Um, the problem is, objectively, it is illegal. Whatever your opinions on it might be, whether yes. you think it should whatever, be legal, yes, whatever you'd like, yes, and it's and very I'm, and different. I'm to... sure there is a great case in many ways for the fact that you love these characters, and really, the money you're making isn't affecting—you could argue—in any way the success of those properties sure okay yes maybe maybe i'll accept you on that maybe i won't actually but anyway it doesn't matter because objectively using someone else's ip without the license without permission is illegal yes it is illegal because maybe there's a a
0: philosophical debate to be had a social one maybe because i've heard people i've heard people raise these kind of like what if scenarios as in what if copyright didn't exist yeah as in, what if, like, you wanted to go make a Star Wars product? Because you could. Yeah. Like, what would that be like? And it would, it's an
1: interesting
0: thing to imagine. Can it it you, is. Can Thought's you own way. an idea? Yeah. Really, you know?
1: We operate in our world currently that, that you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> and again, this comes
0: back to the idea of, like, why is it okay to steal from Disney, from Marvel, from Shonen Jump? Why is that fine? You know, it, you know, of course, if, if someone, like, did unlicensed fan
1: art of our stuff. Yeah. Because we have a little guy. Well, this is where you turn it around. Yeah. Right? So this is where you can't have a principle without applying it across the board. Yeah. So if you gave, maybe some of these stands that are selling fan art, they also have, next to all the fan art prints and all the fan art merchandise they created, they have their own original story. Yes. Now, I'm almost 100% confident that that sells far worse than their pictures of Naruto and, yeah. and Luffy yeah. and everyone else. So they have their own, they have their own book. And let's say, for whatever reason, it blows up, right? And maybe they don't have to do their fan art anymore because now their original comic, which they poured their heart and soul into genuinely, is now beloved by by thousands, if not millions worldwide. And then people start doing fan art of it. Would they like that? Would they be happy that now, at a show... Their audience is now divided because there's this guy two tables down from them who actually draws better than they do. Who actually has this awesome like used to work for Blizzard or something. He's got this incredible realistically rendered style, and he's drawing your characters. And the crowds you used to have at your table are now split, or entirely at his table, because he's drawing your characters better than you in the opinions of the crowd. And now you see your money, you see your revenue because you're not Disney, because you're not Shonen Jump, you see your revenue halve. You see your revenue drop to a quarter because this guy's doing your characters better than you. Does that sound okay? In this hypothetical scenario, (laughs) previous fan artist, does that sound okay to you? Because I'll tell you what, it doesn't sound good to me. No.
0: No, and... And if you
1: don't like that, you have to not like it for Disney as well.
0: Yes. Yes, it
1: has to protect everyone equally. Yes. Otherwise... And I know Disney don't need us. I know we don't need... Disney doesn't need me to back them up. I know that. No. But principally... The instant I had the realization, which I did about ten years ago, that I wouldn't want someone to do it to my stuff, I stopped drawing fan art.
0: Yeah, but but yeah, and also it's kind of like you know spare a spare a thought for the in this in this at this convention the extreme minority of of exhibitors who are there selling their own IP. Yeah, yeah. Spare a thought for them, like you know, d- d- don't you know the people next to us. It, it felt like a real. Farm. Yeah. They were like just like a factory farm of churning out uh, prints of recognizable characters. Yeah, and so, they had kind of had a crowd around their table. And, and, and really, like, you know, what are the things holding back small, uh, you know, creators? Like, you know, independent creators, small businesses, um, small press. I don't like that phrase, but small press. You know, it's not a question of talent. Because there are so many astonishingly talented creators out there but are doing it on their own. Yeah. You know, and they don't have the resources that Marvel or DC have, you know. So what's holding people back? And it's marketing mm-hmm. and it's distribution. Yes. Okay, well, distribution doesn't come into play here because we're doing direct sales over a table. Yeah. So it's marketing. Yeah. So the reason that your cool character, who's called um, Big Punch Man, shall we say, <laughs> the reason that Big Punch Man doesn't have the market penetration that... One Punch Man has is because One Punch Man has the marketing engine of a multi-million if not billion dollar organization behind it yeah you know it's uh, Shonen Jump it's got an anime adaptation it's
1: on Crunchyroll yeah uh, there's video games there's merchandise there's, there's merchandise the yeah <laughs> it is everywhere the world knows about One Punch Man yeah but I showed up at this show with my new superhero Big Punch Man Big Punch Man yeah. and nobody's ever heard of him before no but it's really good it's really Big good Big Punch and Man it's, is actually better than and actually than the, One Punch the Punch four Man. people who've read it maybe three yeah. uh, all say it's better than yes. One Punch yeah. Man Yeah. that's 100% of the reader base yeah. <laughs> all agree it's better than One Punch Man But that's irrelevant because, of course, when you get to the show, the eyes are scanning, you know, all the anime fans, the eyes are scanning for One Punch Man. Ah, there he is. Bye, 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 bye. Big Punch Man. Who's that? Yeah. I've never heard of that. So when you choose to do fan art, it's not like, hey, I'm just
0: expressing myself. Like, why can't I? I just love this character. Why can't I draw from It's like, no, you're effectively getting, oh, I don't know, 30 million dollars worth of market penetration and advertising for for free. free. For free. Hey! Because, and so many amazingly, amazing comics and ideas will die on the
1: vine, will never get noticed because they don't have a marketing budget. No. Uh, and yes, that's it, inherently unfair, yeah. but it's also just a fact. We don't have millions of pounds to, to market our stuff, so we don't. We can't. Yeah. So we grow it. We grow it from the basis of literally purchases and word of mouth to word some extent mouth, yeah. alone. And this is what everybody's doing.
0: Yeah. And this is why it's so hard and this is why, like, you know, you, you see, like, a, a young artist coming up now, and they're like, oh, I've got a great idea for a comic, and I want to make it, and this is my dream. And it's like, that's, that's the difficult path. Yeah. It's like the easy, way harder. It's like, why, what's the incentive to do that, when you could just be making uh, Naruto prints? Yes. Or, a million know, and one Naruto yeah. prints. Yeah. And sometimes it's not a question of quality. Sometimes the quality is great. It doesn't change the fact that it's illegal. No. Like when we were packing up at the end, we walked through the artist area and I saw someone selling very, very, very
1: high quality, like
0: key rings. Yes,
1: which were all just, um, you know, characters Ca- from... Anime, various artists. anime characters. This is the wild yeah. thing as well, is that we live in a world now where where the production of things like a keyring yeah. is democratised. So yeah. incredibly, previously, the only people who could make keyrings like 30 years ago were huge manufacturing companies that had links with Chinese factories. And that was the only yeah. way you could make plastic things. But now, because of advanced technology and stuff, I could talk to a limited run company, maybe even in the UK, yeah. and I could get 30 keyrings made of any artwork I designed. And they look, they'd look super professional. I could even package them to the point that they look exactly like the kind of keywings you buy in a store of licensed merchandise. So then the obvious crossover is, well, I could make Naruto characters. I could just draw my own Naruto characters. Yeah. Or even worse, I could just Google image search Naruto and I could just download a few JPEGs of him. I could cut him out. I could make him into keywings and I could sell them. Yeah. And people will buy them. Yeah. And that's maybe the worst part of the core of it all is that people do just buy these things.
0: Yeah. Like there was, there was a couple of. Um, I think they had a couple of tables in the artist area, and their whole gimmick was that they were redrawing
1: Pokemon. Right.
0: As kind of um, living creatures. Yes, like, I saw this one. Yeah. Like,
1: like they were wildlife photography almost. And yeah. this
0: felt like even more egregious in a way because it's like, it's one thing if you call yourself like um, Fruity Dove Art yeah. and that's like your banner and then that I'm just an artist. I'm TM. I'm Fruity Dove. And then you go to the table. Oh, you got to protect your IP. Yeah, TM. <laughs> you go to the table and they're selling like Pokemon prints and yeah. stuff.
1: But that's just a Fruity Dove product.
0: But their entire brand and product was called, like, Pokemon Reimagined or something like that. And so they have two big-ass banners that That just say say Pokemon.
1: A trademarked word not belonging to them.
0: And admittedly, they're not using, say, the logo. Yeah. And they're not using... But they're using... They have a symbol, which is incorporates and evokes the Pokeball.
1: But also, we yeah. know, because we've applied for trademarks for our stuff, when you apply for trademark, you apply for the visual graphic aspect of yeah. the trademark and the word itself. Yeah, The word Pokemon will be trademarked yeah, so by, your word mark, by right. the Pokemon. Sorry, yeah. So they will have not only the logo mark, but they'll have the word mark as well. Yeah. So you can't use that word and,
0: objectively. I know they say, like, you know, don't blame the customer, don't blame the audience, but they don't know. They're not discerning. And maybe it's, it's not their fault, because to some extent, because people don't, they're not educated about how stuff is made. No. But if you're just like, you know, you're taking, you know, your little kid to his first ever convention. Gosh, it's exciting. Oh, look at all this cool stuff. And you see a banner that just says Pokemon. I like you're Pokemon. N- you're not thinking, is that official? Yeah. Uh, is that the Pokemon company? Well, they're selling it here and it looks
1: professional. Of course it's official. How could it not? Be? They're, at a, they're at a big show in the NEC. Yeah. So I guess it must be official. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's but, it, but also the the question is never crossing their mind, is it? They're never going, is this official? No. It crosses my mind now. And there's been a few times, and I, at this show, I walk the floor a little bit, and there's like a couple of times where I see an image, and I'm like, that's really lovely. That's a really lovely piece of artwork. And then I'm like, but it is of Naruto or something from, yeah. from an anime, and I'm like, I'm not gonna buy that, even though I really like it. I'm not, I'm not gonna buy it because I, I'm just buying something that's unofficial. I'm just yeah. I'm just I'm literally just buying. An illegal object. And what's wild is that, like, because we've seen how the sausage is made, we know, because we've
0: been going to MCM for years, we've been going to, well, not animate, we won't be going again, no. but, you know, we know what kind of conventioning space kind of costs. Yeah. So when we see, when I see a table that has three times, like, a booth space, you know? Yeah. know, when I see an exhibitor that has three times the floor space that we do, Yeah. I can, I know because, I, you know, we've seen the invoices. I can estimate how much that costs oh, them. Oh, yeah, we know how much that will cost. And they're not going to be running out at a loss. No. So you have to imagine how much money they're making back. At the very least, they're breaking even. Yeah. At the very least. And the most egregious one to me was this absolutely massive school. One dude behind it who was selling prints, like kind of call them uh, a, A3, A2 kind of prints of, if you can picture it, a close-up full-colour portrait so head and shoulders picture of uh your favorite name your anime favorite anime character yeah luffy uh, uh saitama naruto, Na- naruto ash that like you'll f- just name your character they're there like a full color uh head and shoulders uh close-up official artwork yes they like, didn't draw that no official artwork and then the background is a montage of black and white panels from their associated manga yes. so they didn't draw that either nope.
1: Now, now they've collaged it all together in Photoshop. They've
0: collaged it all together in Photoshop. I could do that yes. with my limited Photoshop skills. Now, you could say, benefit of the doubt, That's official artwork. That must be official merch. They've got the license. However, this dude was offering to sign them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good God.
0: And Honestly, that, I, I, he, out of everybody there, may have captured my eye more than anyone. I thought that was honestly the most disgusting thing. Because he had a brand, he had a name, he had a, trade, you a trademark. You got trademark. Oh, you got protect your IP. you got protect, you protect your IP because of people like this. Yeah. Good God, good. That's. But I could do that. That's a business model. I could go on Google right now and just like pick, pick your brand. What do you like, Superman? Let's do that. Imagine
1: having the gall to sign someone else's artwork with your name. Yeah. Because that's what he's doing. Yeah. Objectively, there's Disgu- no other way to discuss at it. Disgusting. I don't yeah, care uh, whether yeah. he is signing what he might call the the assemblage of those images into a collage. I'm sure that's what he thinks he's signing. Oh, I put these things together, which and they would otherwise these objects would otherwise not exist yeah. if it wasn't for the fact that I put them together in this context. So I will sign that for you. But what you're actually doing, mate, is you're signing someone else's artwork. That's yeah. that's absolutely unhinged. I could do that for
0: a Nick Angel original. Yeah, in like fact, there's you enough. I could probably scrub enough of your artwork from online to just do that yeah no yeah. easily you could yeah, yeah no easy. easy peasy yeah. yeah
1: there's not as much of my stuff out there as there is of a mangas no a mangakas sorry but like you could you could easily grab enough of my stuff you
0: know stuff. with with manga in particular it's probably really easy because the scanlation
1: community yeah it's probably all already, already, that, it's all up there it's all JPEG. someone's already done the work for you. It. just right click save as yeah uh, arrange them in a grid put a character in front just grab the character from google image search it's fine easy peasy cut him out because it probably wouldn't be on a white background anyway because it's probably official artwork uh, so just grab that. Oh, my DVF, just Google uh, Naruso PNG. PNG. Yeah. Background's all yeah, I mean. yeah, 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 yeah. It's easy, P- right. uh, put that together. That took maybe 13 seconds to make. Mm. Uh, I'll sign it for you if
0: Disgusting. Yeah. And that's the... There was another... Um, and then that's egregious. So that's just kind of disgusting. Yeah, and that's then, arguably one of the worst. But then, like, you also get these very large booths. We were next to a couple, which are selling... What admittedly looks like original artwork, yes, but it's all fan art, and they it, they're they're producing and selling prints on an industrial scale. Yeah, so you would turn up with a stack of a 200 copies of each your, one. Yeah, and the really bizarre thing was that is that like um, that, that seems some of the organisers seem to be running that one.
1: Yes, because yeah. we've seen them organising, uh, setting up on the on the morning of, of the setup day. Yeah, and then we saw them behind the table like selling these prints yeah. and stuff. So it suggests that maybe this con was born out of uh, this industry. I put that in inverted commas heavily, of selling fan art prints.
0: Yes. So you know, like in our opinion, this seems very questionable. Yeah. In our opinion. I would love to know. For legal reasons.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would love to know what would actually happen if Shonen Jump, for example, Shonen Jump's legal team showed up. Yeah, you know, because obviously the problem, the reason it's gotten this far is because no one has really ever on a grand scale done anything about this, Mm. you know. And to some extent, maybe they're like, well, it's so small, you know, particularly when you pick like the artist alley kind of equivalent people who are selling like maybe a handful of prints that are maybe quite badly drawn. So they don't really represent Naruto especially well, say like they're probably like, even if I sued them. the the amount of money I'd have to sue them for, they'd never be able to front it. So they'd just die. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You'd just kill them. Yes, exactly, And and so it's almost, it's like not a battle worth fighting. But then there's these bigger ones, these big dealers, these big stands that are selling hundreds of prints. And like you say, just copy, cribbing images off of Google or whatever. You know, clearly this battle has never been fought. But what if one day it is? And and, and, And the sad reality is,
0: is that like the moment anybody who actually owns this IP decides to crack down on it, uh, they'll be seen as monsters. They will be seen, they'll be as, be monsters. seen as monsters. How ru- dare you protect the thing you created? For ruining everyone's
1: fun. We're all having a fun you time. Know. We're all just drawing fun characters yeah. that we like. How dare you take that away from us? I just... You know, there, there's a huge part of it which is like... You know, it's just a bit gross. But then there's there's a big part of it for me as well. It's just like, I am an artist, obviously. And it's like, what about the... And I'm not even gonna use the words artistic integrity because that just sounds like I'm overblowing my situation and it sounds pretentious. But the truth is that is what I'm saying. Why don't you want to make something new? Why don't you want to take the opportunity to to bring an idea that you had that no one else had before into the world? Mm. Anime Con could have been a place that sold four or five stalls that were selling official licensed merchandise. And then everything else there was anime adjacent content original mangas, original comics that are designed in the way and the, and the stylistic and the, and the the tendencies of anime without ripping a single thing off but feeling like they ca- to capture the spirit of that. Maybe even original animated works on DVDs and things that people, animating studios, animation students have put together because they are a love letter and an homage. Seven String has a huge amount in it. My comic Seven String has a huge amount in it which is a love letter to battle mangas and Shonen Jump. It doesn't copy a single thing but it, 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 it encapsulates what I love about those things and it recons it and it reskins it and it offers it a new generational look that's what this show could have been mm. and it wasn't